What's up, guys? Welcome to Fitter Food Radio. This is episode 177. And this is a Fitter Food Radio first because I have got Keris here with me, but she is not, in fact, with me. I'm in very sunny Tunbridge Wells. Not. And uh, she is in incredibly sunny Portugal right now. So we're doing this via Zoom and that. Hello, Keris. Hello. I should say bom dia. Oh, is it bom dia now, though? What no, is it's bom bon tarde. Bom tarde. Bom tarde. <laughs> My Portuguese is uh, lacking. <laughs> it's, it's getting better, though. It's always quite funny because, like, when, when Keris and I are on the phone and then she was like, oh, I'm just going to order a tea. And she'd be like, uh, <laughs> oh, bom dia, uh, cha camomila, por favor, uh, in a pot. <laughs> <laughs> I always ask, no, I say, in a teapot, please. <laughs> in a teapot. Because <laughs> she hasn't learned that bit of Portuguese yet. The, 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 well, a very kind um, barista did teach me. I think it's bowl or bowl. Someone, someone can tell us, email us and let us know. I think it, I should just look it up on Google Translate. Yeah. Good old Google. Yeah. I saw um, every morning I go for a big walk down to the beach and haven't told you this yet, Matt, but I saw um, there's a lot of uh, older people who tend to do the same walk at the same time. Yeah. And I meet this this guy. We must have met like, I don't know, 10, 15 times now. And he comes over and he takes my hand and he holds it and he says loads of things to me in Portuguese. And I just smile and go, Inglés, <laughs> Inglés. Is this the whole thing? And this morning, because he's not seen me, obviously, for like over a month, he was like, ah, came over and he said hello. And I, I just need to probably film him or record it and then put it into Google Translate. I, or actually, better still, I just need to learn Portuguese properly. And then obviously I can have a conversation. Wow. It's such a hard language to learn, though. It really is. I think any language is hard to learn as, a, as, a, as an adult. Like, I, I just think fair play. Fair play to anyone who couldn't learn a language in fact we were talking about this yesterday weren't we because uh, we were talking about dr tommy wood's podcast on uh dr chatterjee and there was a little snippet on social media where um tommy wood was was talking about how like as an adult like you just don't learn new things you know you kind of stop learning new things because you just get caught up in life you know you just get into work and, and you go through your day to day whereas a kid you know you're always learning new skills and you know you're learning academically at school and it's just like as an adult like why don't we do more learning you know learn a new instrument try and learn a language you know stimulate the brain and you know don't let it kind of go stale if you will so yeah, it's, it's, yeah i mean it's, i was gonna say it's really important for like cognitive function as we age and even kind of like movement ability obviously if you're doing like new exercise and movement skills but I think I read, um, a friend recommended the book Big Magic um, to me, which is by the same writer as Eat, Pray, Love. And I really enjoyed it. I listened to it on Audible. And it's about creativity. And she says a really similar thing that we we give up creative hobbies and activities. We do loads of it as a child, maybe into our teens. But if you're not very good at something creative, so say you weren't very good at art, not very good at painting, you weren't very good at dance, you can't compete in in any way or do it professionally. So whether it's a you know a movement skill or whatever, we give it up. Mm. So we attach like kind of outcomes to our creative 
hob- activities whereas when you're a child we do them because we like the process yeah and it's actually really important for our mental health really important for our brain really important for our happiness like it's really interesting that she talks about you know all the kind of benefits of it and again if you're not a good writer then you don't you know you give up writing whereas you might have just really enjoyed the process of, of writing yeah and whilst I was out here I signed up for ceramic classes and when I first got there I was kind of like I just want to go and do something really nice and I'm not working so this is going to be something I've never tried before but as soon as I was there and everyone else had been there a few more weeks than me they were already kind of really into it I started to think oh my god I'm going to be like the, the worst one. I haven't even thought about what I'm going to make. Everyone else had been on Instagram and Pinterest and was looking at like patterns and ideas and ceramic kind of styles. And I was like, I haven't done any of this. I'm just rocked up and like, I kind of think this is like glorified Play-Doh. You know what I mean? <laughs> I was just going to like uh-huh. play with some clay. And, um, but it does come to you eventually. But what was really nice about it was I, I did just end up enjoying the process. So I sat around a table in the sun with a group of people from all over the world um there's one person from holland one from germany one from a couple of portuguese people and we chatted and it was lovely and over the weeks you get more ideas you relax into it but the main thing i had to tell myself was don't expect to be very good at it and i think you could apply the same thing in some ways to languages in that when you're learning a language you want to be perfect straight away you want to go into a coffee shop or restaurant and order and you're really self-conscious and you don't want to look foolish but like you know who it's kind of we invent that problem ourselves a little bit don't we i think just worrying what everyone thinks about us when really we should just be proud of ourselves for learning a new skill giving it a go and what's the worst that can happen someone's probably going to reply to you in english and smile do you know what I mean? <laughs> so yeah no, tangent there but uh huh? a little bit of a tangent there but no no i, I think you're spot on though like because we, we were talking about this the other day weren't we like it's almost like you know, it's, it's it's okay to just do something because you enjoy it without being particularly good. You know, it's like, like you said, enjoy the process because, God, I think of a lot of things like that, like for me and, and, and people that I've worked with, it's like, oh, yeah, I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just not very good at it. It's like, yeah, but does it matter if you if you get a kick out of it and it makes you feel good and, and whatever? It's, yeah, it's, it's an interesting one. We're funny as humans, isn't we? What was the last creative thing? Well, what what do you do that's creative? I suppose like your strong humans clothing design is quite creative, isn't it? That, that as a process. Yeah, I guess so. That's a good question. Nothing. But you don't, as I say, you don't do anything for leisure, though, do you? So that's work based. And again, some of yeah. my work is is creative, but well, no. But, but to be fair, like we, you know, we, I think I can't remember if it was today or yesterday we were talking about this, but I was saying how like I I keep saying oh, I'm going to start spanish lessons you asked for a guitar for your birthday god knows how many years ago because you're going to get guitar lessons and neither things have happened right like the guitar is just catching dust and you know i i know very little spanish still and yeah it's uh, yeah it's, i don't know you just get caught up in life don't you You're like oh yeah i want to do this and then it, it's an idea that just never happens um so maybe that's <laughs> let, let's let's commit I was going to say, I'm going to come home and there'll be like an easel by the window and then there'll be like flower presses on the table where you're like, oh, I've got this flower pressing. You should. Tracing these leaves. Learn Portuguese and the guitar and then sing a song <laughs> in Portuguese. Yeah. <laughs> With the guitar. <laughs> <laughs> 
right, that's my challenge. Okay. No, but honest, on a serious note, though, like when you get back, when we get back, you book your guitar lessons, I'll book my Spanish lessons. Let's just see what happens. Let's just take that first step, would you reckon? Yeah, but you, that's still not creative for you. You've still got to find your creative, creative hobby. What's, what do you mean? What's, what's... Learning a language is not creative. It's more like academic, I would say. Yeah, I suppose. But it's still stimulating your brain, isn't it? <laughs> I guess. Um, I don't know what we're going to talk about now. We were going to talk about your experience when I was away for eight about weeks. Me. I can't forget. Yeah, we talk about, talk about you and how you got on in my absence, which I think you quite enjoyed in the end, didn't you? Yeah, but I think like we we both like to a degree enjoyed the time apart, didn't we? It, you know, that's why we're apart again. <laughs> yeah, Paris couldn't get away quick enough. <laughs> um, but no, it's interesting because like 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 we said in the last episode, you know, like Keris you know, had her reasons for, for going over to Portugal for a prolonged period of time. And it was something that we discussed for, for a while and, and planned for. And, you know, I think it was it was necessary for, for many reasons. And I'm pretty sure I mentioned this on the last uh, episode, but it was in the whole build-up to it, it was all very much kind of like, oh, you know, this is Keris's journey. Like, this all needs to be perfect for Keris and make sure everything's right for Keris and Keris hasn't got anything to worry about and... And that all was true, but then I almost had a moment where I was like, yeah, but this is also a a great opportunity for me. You know, this is going to be a journey for me because, you know, I've never been home alone on my on my Todd for, well, certainly not for that long. Um, and yeah, it was, it was a bit of a funny one because you just didn't really know what to expect. And we, weirdly, like when we were kind of like out there together initially, we had, you know, because the whole idea was that Kerry's going to disconnect and, you know, just switch off all of our social media apps and stuff like that. And we had this kind of conversation about like, you know, do, do you want to be on the phone each day or do you want to kind of just almost like disconnect entirely? And it was funny because like, I think at first you were toying with the idea of just kind of saying like, you know, let's not speak every day. Let's like just chat here and there and we'll have loads to talk about then and, and this, that and the other. And, I was like, yeah, yeah, you're right. But at the same time, I was like, oh, I'm not sure I'm too keen on on that idea. Like, will that feel weird? Um, and I was like, well, just, just, I was like, we at the very least, like, ping me a WhatsApp each day, just so I know you're, you're okay. I'm alive. You know? and, <laughs> but then the, the, the ironic thing was, we went from talking about not really speaking that often to pretty much talking every morning and every night, every single day <laughs> for, for, for the whole time. You were out there and, and sometimes for hours on end, it was, but it, it was a different combo, wasn't it? We were saying this, it was almost more of a like, we're just, we're on the phone to each other, like going about our day. And like we're, nine times out of 10, we'd be, you know, you'd be going for a walk. I'd be walking Hamish here. And, and that's when we'd like have our good old chats. But obviously it wasn't the typical you know, so much more than, oh, hey, how are you? Like, whatever. Like, we, we're talking about everything, weren't we? And I remember thinking, God, this is really nice. It's like we're almost having different conversations, like, to what we, we normally would. Because, yeah, fair enough, like, you're, you're somewhere else and you're, you're kind of on that journey. But I don't know. Do, do you see what I mean? 
Yeah, I was going to say, well, I was reading a lot and listening to some really helpful audible books. Um, just a really, really kind of about like mindset, mental health, emotional health, and kind of um, a lot on somatic experiencing, um, which I can't remember mentioned in the last, in the last podcast, which, which is about like spending time kind of reconnecting with your body. It's called a body up approach to um, kind of like wellness where you where you the idea is most people might have heard of the book the body keeps the score or seen the work of Gabo Mate which is where you've got symptoms because there's something that's kind of gone a little bit haywire with your nervous system and maybe it's linked to an experience in your past or you know kind of traumas whatever and so as I was listening to some of this stuff I was seeing a few practitioners out here I'd be talking to you but then you'd also decided to have some um CBT like psychotherapy whilst I was away just because we were talking about it and you said I think I'd really benefit um so we were both kind of going on our own journey a little bit wasn't it weren't we so it was nice to you would tell me something I would tell you something and you know I was like listening to um a book by Peter Levine Waking the Tiger which is also very good on on kind of uh again when your body just is affected by experiences in your life and what it can do and 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 how you can use things like meditation and mindfulness to to cope with it and so yeah i'd be telling you stories from his book and anecdotes wouldn't i and yeah yeah it was just um yeah like you said there wasn't the normal conversations like have you fed the dog (laughs) can you go sainsbury's for me (laughs) and we were both really kind of i suppose because we could just do our own routine stuff anyway when we actually did talk it was and i wasn't working so that was really helpful i was really just working on myself um whereas you would obviously just kind of bounce a few kind of like works bits and bobs off you know back and forth and just say oh this has happened and you know obviously it was nice for me to like talk you know think about you and and not kind of um just be totally so self-involved all the time so I liked the kind of taste of you know a little dip back into reality um but I thought like could I be completely on my own and I think because I was most of the day it was just nice to have that conversation I still think I could do a silent retreat having done this, which I never used to think I could. But now I definitely could, I think. Yeah, yeah, I hear you on that one. Yeah, that's the kind of thing that I was used to think that before. Blimey, that'd be tough. But yeah, I think, I think, yeah, I think when you've experienced like a bit of disconnect in a way, you know, a disconnect from everything else, if you like, and and sort like a bit more connection with yourself and, and being a lot more aware of like your thoughts and your feelings and, and stuff is yes yeah, it's, it's an eye-opener and like full disclosure like the reason I kind of like looked into um a bit of coaching or, or therapy if you will was because like I don't know like I was starting to feel a bit I suppose a bit lonely in a way like in that like I kind of felt a little bit like I didn't really have, I didn't really have anyone to kind of like share what was like really on my mind or or what I was feeling. And I was, I was getting into this habit of almost like berating myself for for feeling a certain way about things or, or letting certain things get to me. And, you know, just, just speaking to someone and, and, and sharing that was, I mean, it was nice for many reasons because like what I would do is I would almost kind of like, start a sentence with oh I know it sounds stupid but or um I have this really irrational thought of 
you know, I'd almost try and like brush it off and make it sound like it it didn't really matter. And and then the guy I was, I'm, I'm, I'm working with was like, well, no, no, hang on a minute. Like, like you need to stop doing that. Like you're, you're, you're brushing off your feelings. Like you're implying like they don't matter, you know, like, because like I, I would almost like, like I said, I, I'd, I'd start to berate myself. And I think it's like a common thing in men. And, and I think it's a big, big problem as to why men kind of like, you know, the, you know, there, there are so many stats now, you know, that show that, you know, mental health in men is, is, isn't great. There's a reason why like suicide rates in men are so much higher. And, and I think it's genuinely because men do kind of almost try and brush over these things because they, they convince themselves that they shouldn't feel that way. You know, it's like, as if it's like a sign of weakness and, you know, you couldn't possibly share that you're you're having these thoughts or these feelings because that's not what men do. Do you see what I mean? And yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it, I was going to say I think it's I think we're all guilty of it with ourselves. Like to that sentence you said, I think a lot of people would identify with that, where they start a sense of I know I'm going to sound foolish, or I know this is going to sound weird, but you know. And actually, if I was to say it, you would come back and go, no, no, not at all. I, I can, you know, you, you'd, you'd empathize and identify with what I was feeling. But like you said, I do think, um, yeah, for men especially, you, you definitely would struggle to maybe admit it to yourself. You'd maybe struggle to admit it to peers and to other men. Um, mm-hmm. And then obviously, like, you know, you might struggle to admit it to me because you might say it's like a sign of weakness or vulnerability, or you might worry that I would worry, <laughs> you know. So that's the other thing is like, you don't want to cause me, um, you know, any concern. And and I, I, yeah, I, I also just think one thing I've observed in kind of nutritional therapy is the worst thing that anyone can really experience is when they're going through like a difficult situation and they can't see a way out of it. Um, and that way out of it can be that they can't even release that emotion and talk about it and confide in somebody and flesh it out and so it could be a situation you could be in a job and you can't leave the job because you've got these financial pressures and you're committed and then you get stuck and you just see illness like it's, it's just a recipe for illness it just it consumes the body because right. everything is is wrong you know in, in that situation but the, the fact that there's no end in sight there's no escape there's no hope I think that's when the body really starts to kind of um close in on itself and then that affects you mentally and you know, inflammation and things like that will also affect your kind of brain chemical balance to a certain degree. And then it's just really hard to even, you know, rationalize and, and kind of find a solution because you've almost, you're just closing in, you know, and, and, and that's, that's all you're doing. And it's interesting. So there's some of the books I were reading were saying, and what that then does to the body is often, you know, kind of tissues and, and things like that, fascia and inflammation, it, all, it just becomes locked in the body. So it might become a pain, a symptom, a headache. It might become a digestive issue. It might just become a, you know, chronically low mood or, or depression, anxiety. It might become those sorts of things. And if if we if we we kind of live through it, but we don't actually almost connect with it and, and deal with it and face it and you know, and that's kind of what some of these new body up therapies are doing. But like you said, there has to be that that point where you are, you pause and acknowledge what the hell's going on in the first place. Yeah. And and that doesn't happen for a lot of people. Like we're so, you know, you, you can distract yourself to a point, but it just catches up with you. 
that's the thing, isn't it? It's like, you know, it's it's all well and good trying to distract yourself and and sometimes that's fine. You just need a bit of a distraction just to like, you know, switch the focus a little bit. But, you know, if that's what you're constantly doing all the time is trying to find a dis- distraction, like, yeah, I just think that's where the problem lies because the, the, you know, because the problem doesn't go away, right? It's still there. You're just kind of masking it with, you know, with one thing or another, whether that's like excessive exercise or what whatever it might be. But, um, you know, I not- just say, but the, distract- the distractions can also cause you more harm than good because, like you've said, it probably is something like either exercise or excessive booze or go and spend a lot of money, um, you know, socialize excessively, keep just keep super friggin' busy, you know, and, and it just all it usually has some kind of like implications on your health or, or you know, eventually just runs you down. And you know, that's what I'm saying about it, just all, it will all catch up with you at some point. Yeah, and it does, you know, it does. And I think, you know, without spending too much time on this, I think like a couple of like the really big like breakthroughs that I had through through working with someone was like it, it was nice to be reminded that like it's it's okay to feel, you know, it's like you kind of can like I said, you you convince yourself that you shouldn't feel a certain way about certain things and you shouldn't let certain things get to you or whatever they may be. But it's like, yeah, but but they're your feelings. Like it's how you feel. Like, and it's okay. It's okay to feel. Like, don't don't think that you can't feel. And I don't know. It sounds like a really obvious thing to say, but it was just <laughs> it was it was nice to hear someone say it. Do you know what I mean? But um, yeah. But also, it's interesting. You just started the whole sentence with, "I don't want to spend too long on this," but you know, like, it's a really good thing to share it as well. I don't. I don't think you should worry about. Oh, um, you know, do people? The way you said that was like, oh, do people want to hear about this? But I think it's 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 really important. Yeah, I mean, maybe subconsciously I was thinking that, but I'm also wary of uh, uh, the time, I suppose, and what what what, what we actually intended on uh, talking about, uh, which kind of was this. You, you, you just want to talk about your seven day fast, where you're really proud that you didn't eat for seven days. <laughs> I do want to talk about that actually. Um, <laughs> But, but but in a way, like maybe it's good that we do talk about that because in a lot of the breakthroughs I had or have had were were off the back of the fast as well, weren't they? Like you know there was you know there was um, quite a lot linked to that because I mean if we rewind a little bit, right? So you know it, to summarize, you know many of you know this has had like. <laughs> Some, you know some some ongoing health issues now for you know well over four four plus years you know and this girl has tried everything you could possibly imagine um you know trying to get to the bottom of it and you know made so many changes and um as the years went on and more and more things weren't working you know something that came up for for you was 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 fasting wasn't it like you know a, a, yeah. a, a prolonged fast you know beyond like your intermittent fasting and you know some people were suggesting like a seven day fast a 14 day fast and Harris was like you know I kind of got nothing to lose like I'm going to do this seven day fast I think and I was like well you know that's not the kind of thing that you do on your own because that would just be horrendous especially if I'm you know imagine you're not eating I'm just there like oh this is delicious you know eating like normally that would be torture so I was like well I'll do it with you you know, for like for support. And we actually decided that once we got to Portugal, we had about three or four days of 
you know, like normal life out there, if you will. And then we committed to this uh, a seven day fast. And, you know, just to make it perfectly clear, you know, this was purely for, you know, like health reasons, you know, to, to see if it's something that could help Keris and her, her symptoms, you know, that was her why. And of course, as a result, we became my why as well, like to, to support her, like it wasn't for aesthetics or, or anything like that at all. Um, and anyway, like, um, we, we started the seven day fast whilst we was, whilst we were out there. Cause the idea being was that we'd do four days of the fast together. And then I was coming home. So, so then it'd be like, well, we're past halfway. We've only got the, the three days left, uh, to do, uh, on our own type thing. And it was an interesting experience because the, I mean, the, the irony is right is I did it to support Keris and, and probably got more benefit from it than Keris. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and you enjoyed it more. Yeah, I mean, from, from my perspective. And, and I was going to say, when I'd first, like, floated the idea of you doing it with me, and then I, I was joking, because I was like, there's no way he'll do it. And you were like, no, absolutely no way. This is months before I'd gone, wasn't it? And you were like, no, I don't think I could. A week, sorry. And then as it got closer, you were like, no, I'm going to, I'm going to. Um, and just to kind of explain, I'd... Like Matt said, I thought about it from the very beginning, but then I lost a lot of weight when I first came down with kind of gastritis and some other <clears throat> issues like esophagitis and stuff, couldn't eat. So I thought fasting was like, no, I, I can't do it. But in I've joined a lot of Facebook groups. Some people have done 30 days in there. Some people have done two months. So as much as everyone was like, you're mad. I'm like, no, there's people doing like much more. I'm not suggesting anyone do this, by the way. You should really uh, get medical advice always. But after three days, essentially, your your digestive system is, is completely closed down and, and you'll reset everything. So your microbiome will reset everything. Um, but yeah, I I didn't enjoy it. <laughs> I didn't enjoy it and I wasn't expecting to enjoy it. But you definitely fared better than me on the fast. And I would say you experienced the, the benefits as well, didn't you? Much more. Oh, absolutely. Like it was... I mean, I was like you, I wasn't, I wasn't expecting to enjoy it. I mean, I wouldn't say I enjoyed it. You know, that's quite a, yeah, that that's not really accurate. You know, I would much rather have eaten. <laughs> but I don't know. So, some days I rang you and you were like, oh, you were, you definitely got the fasting high, whereas I got really tired. Yeah. I, I was so sluggish for the first, I think the, by day three, four and five, I was so sluggish and I, I don't like being sluggish. So that's what I really struggled with. It was just like, I was just tired all the time and I wanted to go for my big walks and I couldn't. And um, yeah, and I kind of resented just being in Portugal with all the Piri Piri chicken and nice <laughs> coffee and just sat there like with water. So I got a bit grumpy, which is mad because I probably had it way easier than you. You were at work. Actually, then we did say it's almost slightly easier working, wasn't it? Because she's distracted. Oh, no, it was. It really was. Like, so... Day one, you kind of like get to the end of the day and you're, you know, un, you know, not, not surprisingly, like you're, you're hungry, right? Like, and we were like, Oh God, this is like mad, you know, not ending the day with a meal, you know, that sit down meal once the day's over with. And, and we were just having water with electrolytes. Um, and for the first few days, we were having a couple of black coffees, weren't we? Yeah. Um, yeah. In, Cause we were still working. We, we worked the first couple of yeah. days. So we kept coffee. But what I found interesting was, is once I was like, I got to the end of the first day and was really, really hungry. 
but it's almost like your hunger peaks and that you, you don't really get any hungrier. You just kind of stay hungry, essentially, um, for, for, for the duration of the fast. But energy wise, even after day one, like I felt really, really good. Day two, energy was up, felt really, really good. But weirdly, like my sleep was actually really bad before the fast. So this wasn't linked to the fast. Like I, I was having like really disrupted sleep, waking up ridiculously early, wasn't I? About like three, half three in the morning. Um, yeah. Like wide awake, like almost like I can't go back to sleep. So it was really surprising to me that the lack of sleep combined with no food. And I was like, my energy levels are really, really high. Um, and they just stayed there. And I felt really bad because Keris was like, oh, God, I feel like crap. Like, you know, I feel really lethargic. I feel really like heavy, heavy legged and, and stuff like that. And, and I was like, God, this is mad. Like, I actually feel, aside from feeling hungry, I actually feel really, really good. Um, but then what was really interesting to me was, so, you know, I mean, Keris, you could probably like share a bit more literature and stuff on, on fasting and the, um, potential benefits, but, you know, there are links to reduced inflammation in the, in the body. And of course that inflammation comes in many, many forms. And I was carrying some, some real kind of like, like training niggles, you know, I had like a ongoing like shoulder niggle, you know, my shoulders are crap anyway. And it was just something I was working around, like dislocated my left elbow many, many years ago playing rugby and every now and then it flares up. And at the time it was just flaring quite a hell of a lot. And I'd had this like patella tendonitis in my right knee that was causing me like a real problem and, you know, it was affecting my training. And then there's this really set, uh, steep set of stairs that goes down to the car park that we use for, you know, um, when we go into one of the cities and normally stairs for me going up and down, like were really painful on my knee. And it wasn't until I was like halfway down these stairs and I was like, hang on a minute. I, I just realized that I can't feel my knee pain at all. And I carried on. I was like, oh, right, okay. And then I was like, oh, I'm going to put this to the test. And I did a bodyweight squat and I was like, okay, pain-free. That's cool. But I was like, okay, I don't want to push it. don't want to jinx it. Um, and that was the day they thought that was the day I was leaving to, to go back home um, to, to London. And uh, came back knowing there was only three days left. But I would say day five and six were the hardest for me because I was I was at home. Like I was at home alone and it was like the weekend and I was like, okay, I'm not eating anything at all. Whereas like normally, like, you know, put a good film on, make yourself a nice meal and whatever. But I think by that point, because you kept saying to me, didn't you? You were like, oh, you don't have to do it anymore. Like you're at home now. Like, you know, you kind of supported me whilst I was out there. And I was a bit like, well, no, like I've come this far. Like I, I want to see this through. And and I was feeling the benefits. Um, so anyway, Got to the end of the fast, you know, unsurprisingly lost, um, what did I lose in the end? Like 5.8 kg or something like that. I think so, yeah. Yeah, something, something like that. You know, and bearing in mind, a good chunk of that's going to be water weight because, you know, like, I had like nothing in my system, but there would have been some some body fat loss as well. Um, but I got to the end of the fast and, as I say, Energy levels were really, really high consistently. I had one moment on day six in the morning where I just felt quite tired and found myself almost feeling really low energy on the dog walk in the morning, but it only lasted for a couple of hours and then I was okay. But then 
at the end of the fast, I was like very aware of the fact like my knee pain had gone, my shoulder pain had gone, my elbow pain had gone. But the true test for me was going to be when I trained. Because in the past, when I've rested and I've experienced some relief from the pain, it's almost like as soon as I go to train, it's like, boom, oh no, there it is. The pain's back. You know, like you only felt relief because you had rested. And that was what I was trying to tell people when I said, oh, the the, the pain went. They were like, yeah, but it's just because you rested. I was like, no, no, like I've rested for longer before. I've done like two, three weeks with with not training to 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 just rest and recover and re- rebuild. And as soon as I start training again, like the, the injuries come back. The first session I did at CrossFit involved pistol squats. You know, that would have blown up my knee, like without doubt, no pain at all. You know, first time I did bench press, no elbow pain, no shoulder pain, overhead press, no pain. And I was like, holy shit, like, this is insane. Like, like, like it's like pain free. Like it feels amazing. And, and again, it's in the back of your mind, like, you know, like, well, you know, is it just a bit of a fluke? But then it was like session after session after session, doing all these things that would normally like flare these niggles up and nothing. I, I was pain free. Energy was still high. Naturally, my first handful of sessions back after not eating for a week, you know, I wasn't able to push the same loads as, as I normally would, you know, but that was to be expected. So I wasn't, I wasn't bothered about that. And truth be told, like I, I enjoyed being a little bit lighter. I felt good. I was almost like, this feels a bit more natural to be around this weight. You know, even though like once I'd started eating, you know, like weight came on quite quickly in the form of water. I enjoyed being that kind of like three or four kilos probably at that point lighter. And I was like, I, I want to, I would like to keep this up, you know, and it was almost like a real eye opener for me in, in terms of like how I felt, you know, in my, in my energy level, energy levels were up, bloating had gone, wind was like minimal, you know, and I can't yeah, like, any, that, that, I can't say like that was a revolutionary. <laughs> yeah. I can't remember when you haven't like, basically had like you know mega wind wind that lasts like minutes it's true (laughs) and and i don't know like i i obviously like started eating and but i was very conscious of the fact i didn't want to do a seven day fast and then just stuff my face with garbage which tim what you i mean we we did speak about this but at the very beginning we were almost thinking of the food we were going to have to break the fast with and for me, it was all like proper. It was all about the carbs and, and this, that, and the other. And but what you so we watched. Um, as I say, we we also watched a few videos online, didn't we? Of people that had done it. Yeah. Um, and there was one woman who'd done it, and she'd broken it with like a really nice vegetable broth or something, but then filmed herself the following day with like pizza, cheese, and cake. Oh yeah, she went. To and town. within two two days, or like you know, less than a week, she was back at her starting weight. And she said, like, never do this for weight loss because the minute you resume normal eating. But I do think like it it does give you a massive appreciation for any food and i mean like if you just reintroduce simple food and stick with that for a few days like it just tastes so good and it's so amazing to be eaten again and like i remember like the first time i i decided to try a bit of honey um because i just wanted to kind of get like my glucose levels back up it was just super i mean honey is sweet <laughs> but i remember going like jesus it's like mind-blowing you know like i've not i can't even believe how sweet this is um and fruit like we had fruit didn't we and you had melon and watermelon. Watermelon is what most people break their fast with. 
Hispanic. You did you did watermelon, didn't you? Yeah, I broke mine with watermelon. Well, I had um it's, it's funny because as it went on, you know, I said I went from craving carbs. I was really just I was craving like salt and meat, like towards the end. That's what I really wanted. And then I was like, I'm gonna get a steak, I'm gonna get a big old steak. And then you were like, Oh, you know, I've I've read that, you know, you shouldn't have anything too heavy, maybe have something like white fish or something like that. So I ended up having some white rice and cod cooked in like a broth with a couple of poached eggs. And oh my God, it was just like, it was heaven. Like that saltiness from the broth and oh God, that I was just like, wow. <laughs> that, that like to look at, most people would be like, oh, you know, that wouldn't have been my first meal. But honestly, like when you've gone seven days with nothing at all, it was like a taste sensation. And then to follow that up with like a, a watermelon, this juicy, sweet, oh man, oh my God. It, it was <laughs> I had a chicken soup. And um, I made the mistake of, because they said have blended food and I was making chicken soup and there was a piece of chicken in it that hadn't blended properly and I just wanted to chew something. And I had that and that, oh God. Gave me the worst heartburn ever. <laughs> Never had heartburn like it in my life. I was like, okay, yeah, you definitely stick with liquid foods initially for a reason. Or like, I always think you'd be able to do something more robust than me. But yeah, my next meal was lovely, but that one was like, oh god. <laughs> it was funny because you you, bit me. you had broken the fast before me, hadn't you? As in same day, but a couple yeah, of hours earlier. Well, and about four o'clock, didn't I? Five o'clock. And I was on the phone to you and you were like, just almost like, oh my God, like eat this food. And I was like salivating, like listening to Keris eat. I was like, oh my God, like I've got to wait another couple of hours yet. Um, but it was worth it. It was worth the wait. And but but interestingly, like it is it opened my eyes to to fasting. Like, you know, we've done intermittent fasting before. I've done like some 24-hour fasts, and and yeah, that's all, all well and good, but I don't mean you really experienced much in that time from a reset point of view, right? Like, I think it's beneficial to do it. You know, we've always said this, that, you know, the human body is designed to go long periods without food. We are very much capable. You know, there was once a time when we just didn't have this abundance around us to where we could just have whatever we want whenever we want. You know, I can nip to the shop now, literally, and come back with whatever kind of food that I want. You know, like, we're so, like, fortunate in that respect. Um, Do you know, like, uh, I think, I can't remember where I read it a couple of days ago, actually, that, that you have, like, we've always said this, hundreds, hundreds of thousands of hours worth of energy stored in your body, even the leanest people do. And like, but we, we don't kind of trust it. And I'm not, again, I'm not suggesting that, that everybody should fast, but it was so interesting for, to really realize that hunger is just like more about your kind of regular cues for eating. It's not a true kind of you know starvation state for the body and you could feel starved yeah you we were so god i'm starving at the time but you're not you've got like you've got you know you could easily surpass a month without eating water obviously not and one thing that i noticed was like the the hunger pangs um i i wasn't too bothered i, I can't remember them maybe i've maybe i've blacked them out maybe i can't remember if i rang you and said i'm starving it was almost like they would come but they would disappear within like 10 15 minutes and that got quicker as the fast went on like they'd come for like 
five minutes and go again because it's almost like your body had given up trying to get you it, it lost the, the rhythm of eating so mm. it didn't expect food anymore and it just and we read that that people said by day three you're not hungry and, and we were like no, no no we're still hungry on day three weren't we we were still having hunger pains mm. and stuff but they just passed really fast and then that that kind of carried on and as I said by the end of it and I also thought what was quite weird I think I only woke once or twice in the seven days in the night hungry. Whereas now, if I undereat slightly in the day, or um, I don't even know that I undereat sometimes, I'll wake starving in the, in the night. So I'm like, what's that all about? Yeah. How did I do seven days without food and barely woke? And then now it's like my body, again, and I think because hunger is that, it's just being cued by our meals all the time. And so what when our brain expects food and, and when I, you know, like you've only got, about 2000 calories of, of kind of stored glycogen in your in your liver and muscles so when that's dropping low do you know what i mean i think that's what is triggering your hunger yeah and yeah you've gone you've kind of gone so if you're i was low carb before i would say because that's been the one thing that's just really helped my symptoms so i don't know maybe i had less muscle than you i have less glycogen than you stored for sure because i've got less muscle i think muscle mass really helps you fast that was one of my takeaways. And although I've got a decent amount of muscle, I don't think it's, think it's full enough of glycogen. So maybe, I don't know, just... No, and, and that's something yeah. to, to to consider for sure. Like, you know, and because we did speak about this, didn't we? Like, you know, why did I feel so good and you feel so bad? And, you know, after looking up, look at, looking at, looking it up, you know, that was a big, a big thing. You know, those that have got more weight, you know, whether it's in the form of body fat, muscle, tend to to fare better um but something else like you know again you know this is an advice you know we had our reasons for doing this if you've got any questions on it and it's something that you have been looking into or would like to explore by all means like reach out to us like we, we can have a chat um but you know something that 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 we were very kind of like aware of when we looked into it was you know, because there's podcasts on this, there's there's lots of YouTube videos about it, you know, people that have done it and, and and tips on it. And, you know, something that was strongly suggested was kind of don't go from eating loads of shite, basically, to then just not eating at all. You know, because I think a lot of people approach this like, oh, I'm going to do this seven-day fast, so I'm just going to binge on crap for however long with the view that they're like, I'm just not going to eat for a week, so it's fine. When, in fact, actually, you're probably doing yourself a disservice because you could feel well feel horrendous as a, as a result and i think something else that worked in our favor was that because obviously you know how it is we were going on holiday like so from my point of view like i always clean my act up with my diet before a holiday <laughs> it's hopeless so i was eating better um i brought my carbs down a little bit um you know like not not entirely but you know just to just to trim up a little bit before holiday as you do but i think that served quite well you know for the fast and we'd also were we intermittent fasted didn't we for about the four days before starting the fast um so yeah a complete a complete shock to the system um i was gonna say we're we're also quite fat adapted anyway in that to to be fat adapted so using fat for energy you you do need good nutrient status so that's why before anyone kind of plays around with anything, even intermittent fasting, it's really good to get your diet to be based on whole food first. Yeah, for sure. Um, and make sure you've got good B vitamin status, magnesium, iron, all these things are needed to generate energy. And, you know, so I think we were kind of in a good position in that we 
you know, have a nutrient dense diet. We take supplements as well. So if we are fasting, we, we kind of take a multi and stuff anyway. So we just knew that, you know, our bodies will be able to kind of, you know, deal with it. But like I said, I just think from, from my point of view, whether it's like, I wouldn't even say is it a versus, you know, kind of female versus male in terms of why didn't I fare as well as you. I think it probably was just genuinely like maybe I just did not have enough <laughs> kind of even though I just said even the leanest people have like hundreds of thousands of hours which you do um I don't know maybe maybe I maybe I was all right but I just did not like coming down a few kids do you know what I mean and, and being really lethargic and I don't know maybe that was it as in like my body was generating energy okay but just maybe not enough energy that I like it to have do you see what I mean yeah, you know, no, absolutely. Because I, I couldn't go walking for miles and keep my brain really busy. Do you know what, what was funny? Do you remember this? I couldn't multitask. Oh. So you would catch me out if I was doing something else on the phone to you when, when you'd gone home. And you'd be like, what are you doing? Yeah. And you would know because normally, and normally I'll go, oh, no, I'm still listening. And I'll repeat back the last sentence to you to prove it. Yeah. But I've been busy doing something else. And I couldn't do that. And I remember just thinking that's like, you know, your brain is so metabolically demanding. Like you need so much glucose. And yeah, I was obviously struggling because I would, if my, if I was kind of distracted in any way, I'd stop talking and listening. And then you'd be like, you're, you're not listening, are you? And I was like, no, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't lie. I actually can't multitask anymore. I stopped. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I also like maybe just because, like I said, I just, um, I'd been low carb anyway, so just had this like the glycogen and stuff in you, so maybe didn't didn't fare as well. But I'm sure other people kind of as long as you're going from like you said that real food template, you um have kind of got fat adapted, maybe done bigger fast in between meals, bigger overnight fast, maybe intermittent fasted. But even so, like it's it is something you should do under medical guidance. So we're not suggesting you do it and we're not gonna advise you on it. Yeah, we can tell you about our experience, but and I think it's an interesting one. Some people said, why didn't you start with a three-day fast? Because that's what everyone normally starts with. And that would still be beneficial from a gut health perspective because in three days you would, your gut's just not really, you know, you, you, you're, you're definitely going to process everything and you're giving your gut a really nice break. But I think my take on it was, let's do three, I might as well go for seven. You know, I'm halfway to the, the yeah. kind of, um, you know, a really big kind of break for my gut. Um and definitely it brought it, it got rid of a few of my symptoms for sure and brought me immense relief. Um I'm definitely in a way better position than I was. But it's also interesting that um it didn't it didn't stop some of my symptoms, which was also a bit crazy. So and my kind of COVID ones, um, a couple of them disappeared and a couple of stayed. And I'm like, crikey, that that is just some serious damage that that virus managed to do to me that I, I literally a seven day fast hasn't helped me get rid of. A couple of them so interesting but one of the things that fascinated us both and we couldn't stop talking about was that our bowels still moved didn't it after like seven days we were like what the heck <laughs> where is this coming from i'm not eating anything yet there's still something to come out i'm like wow quite urgent ones as well like getting up in the middle first, of the night first chat in the morning like if you pooed again today it's like yeah <laughs> what is going on um, but well, and this is TMI, but it's just basically liquid, isn't it? By the end, yeah, just like, yeah, it's just waste product, isn't it? That, that's kind of passing out of the body, I guess. It still yeah, has to yeah. get rid of waste. 
materials. But yeah, we couldn't believe this. The volume shocked us though, didn't it? We were like, surely there <laughs> shouldn't be yeah, much left. Yeah. But no, this, this makes no sense. But it, but it is very common, like because I mean, you know, how it is. You know, when they say like, oh you know like you you don't see certain cars but then once you've like you've got that car yourself you see that car everywhere i kind of feel like now like i didn't really know of anyone that was doing these extended fasts and now i just see them everywhere on facebook and instagram and i don't look at all these people doing these seven day fasts, 14 day fast and there was a uh, one guy doing a 14 day one and he he wow. it was quite funny because he did a post and he was like how am i still pooping <laughs> <laughs> and everybody in the coast was like, "Yeah, like me too." Like, and I was like, "Okay, it wasn't it wasn't just us? It's all, it's, it's it's a common thing." Um, but I wonder, I wonder if like day fourteen, if your brain has just totally got its head around like no food is coming. I don't know. I wonder how you. I, I keep thinking back to like um, the Minnesota starvation study, which is looked at a lot when you when it comes to discussing diets and the impact of diets, and then also just kind of like eating disorders as well. And they just halved their calories um, from like, they reckon it was like 3,000 to 1,500, but they did it for like 12 weeks. So they, when you see these men, by the end of it, they're not, they're completely emaciated. Yeah. But as it goes on, you see the impact on everything from like, like, you know, their sex hormones begin to come down, their, um, yeah, like immune system. So they get neutropenia, like their blood cell count drops, anemia, Wipe, um, yeah so, so like everything starts to struggle but the big thing that it seems to impact was their kind of mindset around food and they got like food preoccupation issues so they started to just constantly dream about food think about food like steal food and watch cookery programs read menus even though like they couldn't have those things and and I just wonder like if you if you pushed it like a lot would you end up just you know kind of risking some of that and that's why i think if you have that history of disordered eating you've dieted in the past you know that you're vulnerable to this and many of them kind of um many of the men on the minnesota starvation study and developed binge eating disorder because they then just wanted all the food because it was almost like a, the brain was like yeah. ah, you know like just keep eating keep eating once they got hold of food so as they came out the study they were controlled they did controlled refeeding but then they just said now you can just go and do what you want and, and a few of them end up in hospital because they just binged to the point of being sick like really ill so and having big issues so i think like yeah there's like and, and a few people commented when you mentioned on social media didn't you that this is what we had done and you put your before and afters up i didn't put mine up i did take them just out of interest just more like to see how my body changed but yeah like i lost four kilos and it wasn't a healthy looking four kilos you know like it, it i didn't put mine up because it's like it wasn't why i did it and i just think yeah. like it's it's not it could be taken the wrong way for sure in terms of yeah some people might look at it and go oh you know you look because you, your stomach you will agree with me your stomach is just completely flat there's no, yeah but that changes the minute you start eating again so never do it for that reason either because as soon as you get normal food in it just goes back to how it should look which is nice and soft and wobbly but some people did comment and say like i don't they didn't like you putting your pictures up as if you were suggesting that fasting was you know something that people should be doing and it kind of was borderline um you know, suggesting people go into, you know, essentially starve themselves and weight and associating it with weight loss and, and physique goals and things like that. And that wasn't what you said in your post, but it's no, such I mean, a sensitive it, it, subject, it, it, isn't it? Go on, sorry. 
no, I just say it's just such a sensitive subject, especially for women. It does kind of tap into kind of diet mentality for some people. Um, yeah, but, but and, and even... I like, you know, I was going to say, like, at the same time, though, like, you know, you can't, you can't not post stuff through fear all the time of what other people, you know, how other people might read it or other people might take it, you know, and... You know, I, I felt I couldn't have really made it any clearer that, you know, the reason why we did this was much more, you know, had, had a, a far greater why and had absolutely zero to do with weight loss and aesthetics and things like that. Um, but, you know, some people will still interpret things in, in a certain way. At the end of the day, like any information that anybody puts out there can potentially be triggering to some people, right? You know, yeah, like, yeah, definitely. And, and I still think, like, like I said, I mean, I'm in some long COVID groups, gastritis groups, and you know, people are talking about fasting in there. And and the thing is about these chronic conditions is like, you know, it's not, there's, there's all sorts of ways that we're affected in chronic health issues, but often medical care just does not seem to know what to do anymore. And um, and you are kind of left with like, well, what can I do? And, and and everything seems to get very expensive. And the one thing I'd say is, especially when it comes to gut health, is is even if you're just doing things like intermittent fasting, it does give you, it can give your gut such a rest and bring symptom relief and really help. And I've known this for years. I remember once getting really into like my paleo baking and making all these loaves out of nuts and seeds and um, I did a big baking session one weekend and me and you kind of feasted on it. And then I literally got such bad like bloating and gas and 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 feeling all, I felt really awful. And the next day I decided to just drink like green tea all day. And I felt like a different person, you know, by the end of the 24 hours, just because when you do have any kind of digestive issues, it affects like, it affects everything from kind of just moving around can be painful and then you get brain fog and then you've got no energy, you don't want to exercise. And so it affects so much of you. It can go into kind of joints. Some of my clients say, you know, it goes into my joints, my joints flare and my skin flares. It's, it's you know, can't sleep then. So it is like a tool um, to use. And there are some great studies on when you're having an IBS flare, just a 24-hour fast is one of the, the easiest things that you can do rather than take a load of expensive supplements, um, you know, try cutting out gluten for a month, you know, actually just 24 hour fast and, and see if you can just get that symptom relief. Um, and that's, yeah, like I said, it is something that I think should be probably just guided on a bit more, if anything, it'd be nice if, if we could get more professional advice on it, how to do it safely, how to do it, um, how to know that you need to stop it and things like that and how to build yourself into doing fasting a little bit more um, gently perhaps because yeah i just think it is something that that people could be using if if they needed to well that's the thing like you know like we you know we we did a lot of research on it you know and we eased ourselves into it you know it wasn't like oh, i'm just going to do this thing you know like because that's just quite irresponsible like you know like like you've said and um you know, it's been a tough one because like a lot of people like, I've joked with me, like, I mean, because a lot of people couldn't believe I did it, right? Like I'm almost renowned for how much food I eat and how big of an appetite that I've got. So I think a lot of people were surprised that I did it. But like I said, like I had a big why and, you know, I felt bloody great. Like I can't lie. Like, like I said, aside from feeling hungry for a week, like everything else was a positive for me. Absolutely everything else. So why, why aren't I going to talk about it, right? Because... I felt great. I felt fantastic. And that was the other thing, like for me was like, 
I was like, I really like feeling this way and I don't want to go back to feeling how I did before. It wasn't like I felt terrible before, but because I felt so good, it made me so much more aware of it. And I was so much more aware of the foods and, and the drinks that made me feel less epic, basically. Because when I came back, like I was like, you know, conscious of not just like smashing a load of like processed food. And and weirdly, like I wasn't craving that. It wasn't what my body wanted. But, you know, on a few occasions, you know, I'm out with a mate, had a few beers and I was like, oh, you know, that I really feel quite bloated after that. Really, really quite uncomfortable. Um, you know, I've drank since, you know, we've had wine together. I've had some whiskeys, but I just think it's just much more dialed in for me. Like it's much more controlled and, and it just works really, really well for me. Like, you know, like just not having those things. And interestingly, like I'm trying to be very careful of how I say this because there's this, there's zero deprivation going on, even though there's a lot of things I'm not having now that I was once having quite frequently. I don't miss them. I don't feel deprived. I'm still really enjoying my food. I still enjoy a drink. You know, like we just had four days camping. I enjoyed like two or three glasses of red wine each night. Um, you know, and and it was amazing. Like I loved every every meal that I had. I had a barbecue every night and didn't have a single bun. Madness, isn't it? But you know, but I tell you, I tell you what you have noticed is you've said there's occasions where you've overeaten healthy food. Yeah, yeah. and that's when you've gone oh, I feel like maybe I should fast again to kind of reset my portion size. And this is like months after now, so it wouldn't be a bad thing to do. I think you did a, you've done a few 24-hour ones, haven't you? Yeah. Um, and that's what you that, that's one comment that I've seen you make. It's, like, it's not that you're like, oh, I'm not going to have my pleasure foods anymore, but it's more the, the amount of food. And it's simply because then you'll get your gas back and your bloated stomach and you'll be like, oh dear, how have I managed to, and you know and i think it is quite helpful in terms of resetting your appetite and your like i've said to you like there is the appreciation of food but also just the what is a healthy amount of food to eat and if you kind of you know feel like you, you struggle with that sometimes i think it, it can be beneficial the other thing w- that we could do next is um fasting mimicking diet which is um volta longo's kind of one of the guys who promotes this where he believes that fasts are too stressful when like we're not equipped to deal with especially regular fasts so even he's not like keen on intermittent fasting or 24-hour fasting again i think it's it depends on the person essentially and where your lifestyle what your lifestyle is like what your stress load is like but he believes that instead you do five days on pretty much half of your calories so similar supposed to kind of the minnesota starvation study but it's more like down at anywhere like five six hundred so it's almost i think it's half your bmr um very low protein predominantly vegan mainly soup and i keep thinking like i don't know if i'd find that harder because i think i'd be hungrier yeah i think think but then also um and then brian walsh um who's like a naturopath functional medicine guy in america he kind of does a version of it where it's high protein and just veg his is more of a detox and you train on it we had one on the podcast remember and he said to do really similar so you're the thing is about fasting is a calorie deficit especially a more severe calorie deficit almost has the same benefit in that you'll go into autophagy where you're kind of clearing up you know damaged cells and breaking down damaged tissue and using it to kind of to meet your kind of requirements and things like that and that's why fasting has these kind of health benefits and inflammation 
benefits and like you've said helps with your joints so you can just do like a very severe calorie deficit that almost mimics a fast but you're 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 still having some food so arguably it's not too stressful for the body but I think the Brian Walsh one where it was very high in protein so he said to have kind of like chicken turkey white fish just a bit of green veg with it especially like your cruciferous veg broccoli cauliflower that kind of stuff to spray for liver function um and I think he suggested um I can't remember there was like broccoli sprouts or something else anyway and then you do that for like five days with saunas and you can still do some training and stuff I don't know I don't know if you'd find but that that's another option that you can try for five days and then the idea is you do it like every three months or something so you don't have to do it even that regular and you'll get the benefit of like that reset on the whole system and yeah similar to what you had that reduction in inflammation joint pain i think i'm with you i think i think i'd I'd just prefer to just fast completely i think i'd find that one of the one one of the benefits is as well when i was speaking to somebody who had done one he said the thing is you don't have to do anything like ideally you don't work so he was more like go somewhere if you can on holiday somewhere like a beach and everything which which I was you know I, I I could go to the beach and things like that so it's definitely easier for me um but he said that just that you don't have to cook you don't have to yeah clean clean and start the dishwasher you don't have to shop for food you don't have to think about food you've just got this amazing amount of time which is what you loved wasn't it you said like I've got this like time to think and and kind of contemplate and so I do kind of feel like you wouldn't really look forward to like a, I personally wouldn't look forward to having, you know, 500 calories a day of soups and vegetables anyway. I'd feel more, maybe more punishing. I don't know. But maybe then I've, I've been saying, you know, I didn't have great energy. So maybe I should do something more like yeah, maybe, that. I'm yeah, not sure. Maybe, maybe that option would work better for you. I don't know. But, but I think, yeah, like you do, you do have so much time. You, you really, really do. And a couple of interesting observations as well was like when when I told people we did it in Portugal, they were like, oh, that must have been horrible. Like you're on holiday and, and this, that, and the other. And it was like, no, actually, I think it was easier because we we weren't working. Like we, well, we were for the first couple of days. And then, you know, it was lovely and sunny. We were going for these lovely big beach walks. We were, you know, dipping into the sea. If we had like a moment in the day where we were like, oh, every bit of a craving, like, you know, we'd often just go for another walk in the sun and that was really nice. And we were also going to bed earlier as well, weren't we? Because I think because we weren't eating or anything like that, you know, we were a bit more tired of an evening. So, yeah, I was going to say one one nice thing about when you went home was I got to um, enjoy my own TV. Yeah, <laughs> so me I was too. like, me too. I can just watch any old crap now. Since I've been back, well, someone said uh, to me, like, get into like a box set or something, and like that did make quite a difference. So I'd come home at night and I'd just be like curled up on the sofa, and I watched um, Daisy Jones and the Six, which I absolutely loved. Highly recommend if anyone hasn't seen that yet. I, and I then I listened because Keris told me about uh, the whole series. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so little happening in my life. I was like, guess what happened yeah. in Daisy Jones in the six last night? Yeah, this happened. <laughs> these, are, these are like my friends. <laughs> I must say, Keris is very good at like telling a story, though, uh, about like something that she's read or seen. Because then I'm like, proper, I'm like, then what happened then? What, what did he say? Yeah, what did he I say? Couldn't do the, I couldn't do the time travel as a wife, though, because I watched that as well. The oh, TV yeah. one, 
that was a bit too complicated. Well, then he did this, and then he <laughs> and then he went forward, and then he went backwards, and then he went forwards again. <laughs> I tell you, what, I did have um, I had quite a funny experience after the fast, didn't I? With um, so I haven't. I've just carried on kind of eating. The worst thing I think I've probably introduced is not butter again. <laughs> And like you, yeah, and then I've tried wine, and I don't feel any better or worse for it. So I'm like, sod it, might as well have it. And coffee's back in my life. I gave up coffee for over ten weeks after the fast because it was weird. Because I had it on the fast, I then did not want it at all once I'd finished. I was like, no, I can't even stand the t- taste of it anymore. So that was like a good thing that came out of it. Um, but you just reminded me because you were talking about bread. I went out for to a restaurant with my mum and dad and it's this amazing seafood restaurant near the beach that we go to and they just do all the fish on the grill and we often order a feast don't we so we order like the salmon and the mackerel and prawns and stuff and it all just comes grilled it's amazing and uh, we have bacalao which is like the um salt cod out here and i went with my mum and dad and then basically halfway through the meal swallowed a piece of cod and just felt this like sharp scratch on my neck and was like oh heck and I've got basically got a bone stuck in my throat which very randomly happened to me as a kid um so the minute I started to like cough and like look at my mum and dad they just straight away knew because it happened to me when I was about six and um they were almost like primed at the table. They like clutched the table like ready. They could see it. And my eyes started watering and, I, and they were like, what's up? And I could talk and stuff. So I was like, okay, there's a bone stuck. Um, and we tried absolutely everything. So I was like swallowing. I was putting my fingers down my throat. I tried loads of water. And then I went to the bathroom. My mum was like, can you cough it up? So I went, went to the bathroom. I couldn't cough it up at all. It was just wedged. And then it got to a point where I almost started to panic a little bit because I was like kind of concerned that it was like, stuck and might be damaging my throat or the second thing thought that came into my head was oh god not hospital <laughs> again <laughs> like I've done enough of that crap in the last couple of years um and then um the woman who runs the restaurant the chef she came barging into the toilets and she was like you need to eat some bread you need to eat some bread and I was like uh, <laughs> I've tried to be gluten-free it's not is it paleo bread yeah. um, <laughs> basically I got back to the table and the whole of like wait the waiting staff and the chef were just there with this big piece of bread and they were like eat that chew it very little eat it dry and swallow it and I was like oh sorry I'll have to do that so I had to eat a massive piece of bread but it worked it knocked the bone down so I didn't have to go to hospital good old bread <laughs> Well, yeah, yeah, and to be fair, I didn't have any negative symptoms from it, so I was like, oh, maybe I should just start eating bread again. Because <laughs> my mum and dad were like, when I went, it scratched my throat, so we didn't know whether I'd have to like go because I could still feel it, and I was like, yeah. I think it'll be fine, but I can still feel something there, but I'm sure it's just scratched. But you read all these horror stories when you look online where bits of the bone got get stuck in your kind of ear and stuff, and then it's like, okay, you have to have that removed. So, but over, so overnight, I didn't realize my dad was almost like waiting for like a text message. And then I think I woke really early that morning and my light went on and it was a text there straight away. He was like, are you all right? Was it the bread or the bone? <laughs> are you okay? I was like, no, I'm fine. Oh, there we go. It was like a, it's, it's funny, isn't it? When like something like that happens, you always go straight back to like a, I suppose like the last time it happened, like that, that childhood trauma of like, oh God, that that. Flash- I actually don't. I, I I don't remember it. I was too young. 
they remembered it oh, and they've told okay. me about it. So I only knew because they've told me about it, but apparently ended up in hospital and you could open my mouth and I think no one could find it or see it. And then a doctor managed to like put one of those, you know, those wonky scissors down. Yeah. Yeah. And then they, they pull it out. I might just keep a pair of them in my handbag. <laughs> just in case. <laughs> just in case. And actually we met um, a good friend, uh, a friend Adele the next day and her husband said it happened to him as well, but he actually did get stuck in, you know, like it does work its way into the yeah. tissue. And then you go. You have to go and have it surgically removed. And he said the same. Now, if he even crunches a bone, he just spits the fish out at the table. Wow. I think I might be the same. To you, I don't know that you want to eat out with me ever again. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> gonna fly across the table in your face. It is horrible. To be fair, it happened to me. Like as in my in my teens in Cuba, randomly. And again, like the bread, the bread saved me. But that was my pre-paleo days anyway, so I didn't care. I was like, oh, give us some more of that. It tastes great. Yeah. <laughs> um, but just quickly, one of the other observations that I wanted to share on the fasting, and this was something that I was aware of and something that um, a couple of other people have shared since, um, was something that happened whilst I was out there and I got this message um you know like i won't go into detail but it was something that kind of like stressed me out and i was like oh no i can't believe i've got to deal with that whilst i'm here and my really my first thought was gotta stop the fast i need to eat you know i was almost like i need some some comfort here um and i was like bloody hell isn't that amazing that was like my first thought was like yeah yeah comfort i need food and and I was like, no, no, like don't do that. Like don't don't make that connection and and instead like deal with the thing that needs to be dealt with. Don't be so reliant on food. Because the, the eat, eating whatever isn't gonna take the problem away. It's not gonna deal with the situation. That still needs to be done. And that was quite an empowering feeling, you know, to be able to do that. And like and I kind of like made that acknowledgement. But interestingly, one of the guys who, so I'm, I'm part of like a, a men's mentorship group that I've been part of for like just over a year now. It's been amazing. And, um, one of the guys, uh, in there is, was, was doing a fast and he had said the same thing. He had said it and, and I, had, I hadn't mentioned it at all. He had said how he, it became so clear to him how reliant he was on food for, for comfort. Um, in his day-to-day life, you know, to cope with like work stress, family stress, whatever it might be, um, you know, and that was quite empowering for him as well. And then another friend of mine has done one and again, it had said the same thing. And and I think a lot of people can relate to that, right? You know, it's like, I think we're all aware of, you know, we, we have our comforts and they come in different forms, whether it's food, drink, exercise all free you know whatever it might be like we have these things that we cling on to um do, do you also, one one thing that was most apparent to me was drinks and by that i don't mean like gin or like yeah. wine but like um tea coffee like missed it like crazy yeah just that is so important to me and like when i'm working but but i'd actually say i'd almost suggested this to you before you had to make a big decision a couple of months before we did this fast and I kept saying to you because I just know you are quite a comfort eater at times like like I said we all are you know know, have our moments but you definitely are like it's something that you just look forward to across the day and and I'd suggested to you whilst you're trying to make this decision you were 
you'd be kind of like, oh, I'm just going to make myself a fry up and, oh, and you were stressed and your gut was kicking off. And I was like, do you know what? I think you should probably do a 24-hour fast, drive to the beach and walk along the seafront and just fast for the day and just give yourself the, the headspace. And I think fasting is one thing it is great for is just like clearing the mind, especially you, know, you do it from the start of the day so you don't eat at all. And obviously like you get a slight endorphin and some of these stress hormones are obviously kind of obviously mildly elevated because you're not eating and i think it can be quite powerful to then yeah. tackle some big problems you know if you have them don't distract yourself don't kind of blunt your brain um because that's essentially what a lot of the foods that you choose it's because it lights up reward centers in the brain so we're just looking for a, a dopamine hit sure. but once you've got that then you just want another one or you kind of have a lull afterwards don't you so actually i think it is you know it is really powerful for that but for me it was drinks <laughs> just weird. Yeah. like i just want something other than water like green tea you know coffee even freaking chamomile too you know as long as i can put stevia in it that's the only thing <laughs> that stevia in it. but i was like anything that tastes like something does not yeah water. it's got flavor but saying that like we we as I was mentioned, like we were drinking water with electrolytes, um, which is recommended when you're fasting, um, just to make sure like you're getting like your sodium, potassium and, and things like that. Um, and of course, you know, and it's got that saltiness to it. We almost became addicted to that saltiness. Like we, we now can't drink normal water, like even, you know, two, three months post fast. Like our water, we just carry a bottle of electrolytes everywhere with us now, don't we? Yeah, my mum's the same. She, she, and, and what's interesting is because she's on a very kind of low carb diet, and the three of us will like put it in our water. But when my dad tastes it, he's like, like it's too strong. But we're like, no, it's not. <laughs> Well. I've actually start, I'm now putting it in tea, like as well, because it's it's so nice in green tea. Oh, yeah, you're you're bloody you're loving it. You are. Um, but then we we didn't train during the fast, did we? We just was getting loads of walks in, lots of steps. But you did on the last day. I, I did on the last day, and it felt horrible. Like I'm not going to lie. <laughs> well, actually, interestingly, the upper body didn't feel too bad i still felt like i could hit similar numbers but my squat my, my legs felt dead my legs felt like they had nothing and yeah like weight, weights that are normally quite comfortable for me felt heavy felt really really heavy and i like power um but you had said that maybe i should have taken on a bit more potassium and stuff like that um and magnesium you didn't take that much magnesium uh, but I'm also in. I'm I'm quite intrigued. Excuse me, because a big part of what we do, you know, like we do enjoy like experimenting with things, because then we can talk about it, you know. And um, and I think for me, like with the fast, you know, like I said, I wanted to support you, but I was also I was intrigued. I was like, what's going to happen to me? How am I going to feel? What's going to happen to my body? Um, and now I'm like, I'm quite intrigued to do it again. Up my sodium, up my potassium, up my magnesium and train during it as well you know not how we'd normal normally train yeah i'd adapt it and maybe just keep it a bit more just completely like a bit more maybe like strength training focused i probably wouldn't do anything too crazy on a conditioning side of things but i don't know so i want to i'm kind of like intrigued as to how i'd cope training 
whilst fasting, but with my sodium, potassium, potassium, magnesium levels like, um, like I think I'd like to do it. I'd like to do it again and just not shift off a sunbed and just accept that that's me for a week. <laughs> I'm good here. I have actually just remembered a really close friend. He, he was one of my first ever clients as a PT, and he's now a good friend, um, Rob. He's over in Australia and he comes here and we meet up for a long walk. And his other half is very much like you in terms of physique. And they do three day fasts on a regular basis, um, just water fasts with electrolytes. And he said by day three, he has to, he's like ready to eat and he can't go on. Yet his other half is always like, I could go, I could do another two days. So I do think the muscle mass thing is, I've just yeah. remembered that. I don't know why, very random, but I do think the muscle mass thing is relevant. So I need to get jacked like you. And then we'll do the next one. Okay, cool. Well, let us start writing the program. Yes, please. Would you like to join my song, Strong 60 plan? Thank yes, you. please. What do I get as part of Strong 60? <laughs> <laughs> Sell it to me. Little upsell down. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, as you've mentioned it. Um, <laughs> so, uh, people, I'm starting a Strong 60 plan. If you haven't figured it out it's a 60 day transformation plan um we will of course be you know providing training plans whether you're in a gym training at home with minimal equipment like we've got your back there there's going to be a big focus on nutrition you know from an educational point of view to give you that know-how as well as recipes meal plan inspiration etc but there's also going to re be a really big focus on mindset you know, and injecting a bit more discipline into your life. And something that I'm really, really passionate about right now is just building better boundaries. Like so many people need better boundaries in their life, you know, to make time for themselves, make time to train, to cook good food, you know, to get outside, go for a walk, be alone, you know, be be with yourself <laughs> for a period of time. <laughs> um, you know, so there's going to be a big focus there with the view that it's all just going to come together across the 60 days. And of course, like, you know, I'm going to be on hand, you know, to help and support along the way, adapt things where need be um, and ensure that you get the best results possible. So, yeah, if you would like some more information on that, um, just get in touch, info at fitafood.com or hit us up on social media. I'd be more than happy to send some stuff your way and, and, and answer any questions. But um, nice one, Keris. That's a good little, good little plug there. Hey. Well, I'll, I'll be signing up so that I've got some, some gains to yeah. lose on our next fast. <laughs> Project get yeah. jacked. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, but no, I think you're right. I think there definitely is something in it with the with with the muscle mass, the muscle mass side of things for sure. Um, but yeah, we should probably wrap it up there. Really, we've been we've been we've been chatting, we've been chatting far too long to be honest. But I, know, I need to I need to go for a walk. Yeah, me too, me too. But but guys, just to reiterate, you know, like this fasting thing, it's it's something that we put a lot of time and energy into prepping ourselves for. And like I said, we had a very big why, a very important why. And, it, and I think if it is something that you're you're considering, you know, just make sure your why is the right why and, and that you do seek some guidance, you know, which we're more than happy to, to help with. I have advised clients on it since doing the fast myself because I've, I've experienced it and I experienced a lot of benefit. And I think, you know, again, you know, I haven't pushed anyone down the seven day route, but, but everyone that has tried it being the form of a 24, uh, a free day has benefited from it and have continued to, to include such things. So, 
um yeah just just hit us up any questions more than more than happy to answer uh but other than that um i suppose we'll say tara yeah and I'll, I'll see you in a week oh, no. yeah you will you excited tara yeah i'm gonna get, i'm hopefully pick you up from the airport Hopefully. Every other time you've tried to fly out, it's always gone a bit. Uh, no. Well, funny enough, like, so I, we'll have to... when I said to Artie at the airport the other day, I was like, oh, you know, sad to be saying goodbye, but happy because I'll be seeing you in nine days. So then the amount of people that commented was that was like, yeah, you sure about that? Like, <laughs> nine days. Um, in a nutshell, guys, like for anyone who, who didn't see my stories, um, when Keris and I had said goodbye the first time when she was out there and then we'd been apart for like a couple of months, nearly 10 weeks it was. And I was then coming back out for supposedly, was it 10 days or something? And yeah. um, I, in fact, actually, I'll tell you what, let's save this for the next episode. Because yeah, it's a long story. Yeah, because I'm not very good at short Abridging. Um, <laughs> <laughs> You know, some people say long story short. For me, it's like long story longer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Long story with even more detail than you're story. ever going to need. And so much detail that, you know, I'll forget what I'm talking about. Um, yeah. I like that long story longer. You need that on a t-shirt. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, but also there's a lot there's a lot in it as well there's a lot in that story but i think um yeah i i learned a lot about myself in that time so yeah we'll save that for the next episode um okay but kara it's been a pleasure talking to you um you look fantastic <laughs> um <laughs> and yeah thanks for listening guys we'll see you in episode one seven eight bye bye, bye. bye.